Welcome to the Inkspire podcast from Tharstern, the show that helps you turn your printing company into a bionic business. Here is your host, Ross Edwards. Hello, and thanks for joining me on the Inkspire podcast, where each week we cover at least one of the three strategies that will help you build a bionic business, technology, culture, and process. Each episode, I'm joined by different guests to chat about their experience and insights into being bionic and leading the way in the ever-changing industry of print. And today, I'm pleased to be joined by Chris Smith, Strategic Performance Director of BCQ, uh, and Matt Cummins, uh, Operations Director at L Media, and also Andrew Stand, uh, who's one of our customer partnership managers here at Tharston. Uh, thank you for joining us all uh, today. Thanks for being here. Morning, Ross. Morning. And uh, the topic for today that we wanted to talk about was was estimating, and I guess really the estimating in, in the industry and, and the challenges that come around that, and and, and maybe how how you've overcome them or, or you know what what you're uh, facing at the moment. Um, but before we do that, it's always good to, to dive in and find out a little bit more about you. So perhaps um, Chris, could you could you start off and tell us a little bit about yourself and, and BCQ and you know how you got into the industry and all of that. Yeah, sure. Well, um, I think I fell into the industry uh, like a lot of people. Um, so I've, I've had many, uh, many different roles. I, I started in a, a commercial printer packaging company, um, worked as an office hand as a summer job. Uh, and I'm still here 15, 16 years later. Um, so quite a long summer. Um, I've I've had various roles from customer service, estimating, production management, um, all the way through uh, to what I'm doing now at BCQ. So I'm looking after compliance um, and the systems in the company uh, and all things MIS. Um, so I rolled out our Tharston implementation about eight years ago now, right. um, I believe. BCQ, so I mean, we're a creative production company. We've got services um, spanning from strategy, creative, um, uh, digital, um, through our 63 brand. Um, and we also have litho and digital production, uh, wide format and display graphics and direct mail, um, and all the way through to warehousing for fulfillment services. So We've, we we provide uh, quite comprehensive services for our clients that that, that touch um, touch all of those parts. So uh, yeah, estimating can be a bit of a challenge um, uh, when it goes across all those aspects. Mm, yeah, yeah, lots of things to, to factor in. Thank you. That's good to good to know. Uh, Matt, what about yourself? Um, I actually um, went to college and and did a, a course in uh, design and reprographics uh, in Cardiff School of Printing. Okay. When, yeah, and then I applied for a job on the notice board for a paste-up artist. I'm sure, my age now, and I went and had an interview, and I got the job, and it all started from there. I was actually the only person from the college that applied for the job, so uh, <laughs> I, I found out uh, everyone else was too busy just, you know, doing what you do when you're sort of nineteen, twenty. So yeah, I started off at um, paste-up, and then we bought uh, an app, Apple Mac. So I sort of figured out how Quark Express worked and all that kind of stuff. And then I just moved from there to um, a typesetting bureau. I was running that for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to a big repro company based out in Cumbrown in South Wales. And I worked there. Then I moved to the Bristol office there. Then we bought a printing press and another printing press. And that was uh, EPC Direct. Um, I was there for 19 years. Just started off in pre-press and then worked, worked my way up to general manager 
whilst I was there, I implemented Sarsden. So that gave me uh, a good insight. So that was mm-hmm. about 20 users. It wasn't too bad. And then I moved from there to um, Pure Print and I was uh, I implemented Sarsden there, which was like a lot more users, as Andrew remember. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, and then I, I was basically heading up a digital uh, department there. And then an opportunity came along with, with L Media Group uh, about three years ago to come in as, a, as operations director. L Media Group um, is a, a commercial printing company based in, in Basildon. And so we, we, we touch everything that most commercial printers do, uh, mainly lipo, but we do a small amount of digital. Um, but we specialize in, uh, in, in greetings cards. So we have, mm-hmm. our own, we have our own publishing sector in the business with designers and artists and um, uh, a whole different sales process. And um, similar to what Chris was saying, all, all that and uh, everything commercial is brought into Tharston for estimating uh, mm-hmm. and, converted, and converted into jobs. So yeah, that that's pretty much it. A whirlwind twenty, yeah. twenty or thirty odd years probably. Lots of experience. Both of you have lots of experience. So thank you for that, uh, Andy. What about you? Yeah, Let's... well, I've uh, very simple for me. There's no massive backstory. I've been at Thurston twenty five years now. So mm. you know, no previous jobs. No sort of falling. It did kind of fall into the role like most people do. But yeah, I've always been in a client-facing role at Tharston. I've been lucky enough to work with both Chris and Matt, um, Chris at BCQ, and just just really, yeah, be, being there with them side by side as they've sort of grown their businesses and, and used more and more of Tharston. So uh, yeah, it's uh, every day is a different day. Mm, it is indeed. It is. Okay, thank you. So that we've got to, to know everyone now. So um, yeah, where, where shall we start? Estimating. It's quite quite an important part to the businesses, really, isn't it? And I, I think something I'm curious about is maybe as a starting point is who in the business estimates. You know, it, do you do you have specific estimators or who gets involved in that process? And have you seen that change over over time? Uh, so I'll direct that to, to to Matt first. Absolutely changed over time. Um, you know, back back in the day you know there was a black art of estimating you know and, and it was done through experience i mean it was done on bits of paper effectively you know just yeah. working out the cost of your, of your paper the cost of your outwork um basically just doubling that to get to an old 50 percent av and, and putting that out in some sort of letter so when we became you know when, when i started my journey with arston you know we suddenly realized that estimating and job costing are, are the same thing and then mm. what, what you, you know, if you get your estimating right and you, you convert that to a job, then once that job's gone through your factory, th- through the, the job costing side of it, you can analyse whether you've estimated it correctly. Mm. So, yeah, I think it's changed with technology. So as uh, as Tharston has and, and uh, you know, other applications have made, mm. made it more user friendly, you've been able to adapt your business. So you know, in step with that changing, you know, you've seen it change within the business. So yes, absolutely. You used to have two people sat in the corner of a room that were estimators, and then you yeah. had another four or five people that were that were um, booking jobs in. Yeah. Um, but when when we implemented Tharston, we, we did change that. So, you know, we they, they all became estimators and they all became client service. Yeah. And I think what, what really helped that was when Estimate Pro came along, which okay. allowed us to rebuild basically all the product types 
and mm. to get to get the estimator to the point of where they they really don't have to make too much too many decisions um mm-hmm. and effectively they can just add the customer and make sure they're in the, the, the right performance ratio yeah. and and that quote is done and and ready to go out that, that you know i have worked in some environments where you know you have specialist projects going on that are extremely complicated that have lots of uh, outwork components so i think it depends on your business Mm. Our business here, for example, we do have people who specialize in uh, on the publishing side of the business who yeah. understand that that product. And we have people that specialize in the commercial side, but mm. we don't have an estimator anymore. We have a team of customer service. Estimating is part of customer service. A customer wants an estimate. It comes from customer service. Yeah. So it's kind of, it has blurred the lines. But I would say that it all depends on your business. You know, and each biz, each business will be different, but it's definitely taken a step away from your traditional estimators that sat there. And quite frankly, I always thought that I just don't know how they did it. Yeah, how they sat there all day just yeah. banging, banging out estimates because it's it takes a certain type of person to do that. So I think it, I think it's helped every, everybody you know unravel that and just bring it in into the open. But I would sort of caveat that it, you know, each business will be different. So speaking yeah. on behalf of where we're at, L Media, that's yeah. that's how we do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Matt, just uh, just when it, back in the day when you had like one or two estimators, yeah. I'm sure there was peaks and troughs in the inquiries that were coming in. You'd you'd Absolutely, have a flood of yeah. inquiries, and they were they were buried and taken a few days. So Absolutely, I guess yeah. now you've now you spread that load. Yeah, I guess you still whatever whatever the the sort of inbound inquiries i guess you're still yeah. maintaining that turnaround time that quick turnaround time which uh, i guess is still yeah. is still as yeah as important as it always was that kind of first past the post yeah scenario. Well, look, you, you, you have a cycle and and I've, I've always had this in the back of my mind and i think it i think it is i think it's true is that if you started a printing company today you wouldn't have any jobs to book in you just have a lot of estimates and then in two weeks time those estimates will start turning into jobs and yeah. then your estimates will start to quieten down. And that's what you saw. And, and literally we had uh, four people sat you know, at desks working opposite each other, two, two opposite two, and two were estimators and two were client services. And it was always the same. You go in there, the two in client services would be, you know, breaking point, yeah, booking stuff in, running around, ordering paper. The two estimate, estimators would be, you know, kind of looking out the window. <laughs> and then two weeks time, it would, it would change. So that's when we said to we said to the guy, I said, look, I'm going to take these, you know, back in the day, we had two trays, basically, one for estimates and for jobs. I said, oh, I'm going to pick them up and I'm literally going to drop them in the middle. Yeah. So you just <laughs> all take from from the same tray. Yeah. And there was a little bit of resistance because estimators didn't really want to get involved in job booking. And I have to say that the, the guys that were doing the job booking were more concerned about getting involved in estimating. But that's why I say Estimate Pro helped because it took a lot yeah. of that, a lot of the of how many sheets of paper do I need? Well, you don't have to worry about that now because it, it does that for you. But remember in Classic, you know, you had to tell the MIS what, what it is you were doing mm, so yeah. it would put a quote together for you. So if you put in an extra 10,000 sheets of paper, it would, it would do it. You know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't really aware of what you were doing. Whereas mm. with Pro, you know, it, 80% of, of, the, of the work is done for you. I mean, estimators will go mad when you say this, because, you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't, uh, you know you, when you do a demo, you, you whack through it, you go, five bit, right, that's your estimate done. But you're estimating, you know, a full stitch trim product, you know, mm-hmm. no, no special finishing on there. But fundamentally, you're 80%. And your 
is if you have complex estimating, maybe that does sit with someone else who just sits there estimating every day and mm. has got, you know, mm. 20 years experience, um, something mm. that we might touch on later on. But, you know, yeah. unfortunately, those people, you know, they're kind of all retiring out of the trade now. So you, you've got yeah. you've got to have one eye to the future. Yeah. What about you, Chris? What's your experience well, of that? Quite similar to Matt, I think when we put Fasten in, one of the mm. things that we noticed was when we were looking at where the estimates were being produced, it was across the entire customer service and sales team and not just within an estimating department. So we definitely saw with simplifying some of the tools it made it, mm. it made it a lot you know easier for, for for the team to to be able to do that and and adjust um you know with with capacity and and mm. and, um, and and so on we still have a estimating um an estimating team we have estimating within our distinct um channels yeah and um, one of the things that we find is when you're working with sort of LIFO or small format digital, it's you know it's all about uh, producing things in the most efficient manner. You've got your business rules about how things are going to be produced, but yeah, you know Estimate Pro is very very good at um, um, spotting that in most cases. Yeah. yeah. But where when we when we're quoting for direct mail work, for example, it, yeah. it's a lot. You need to understand the postage because you're not being given a spec necessarily. Yeah. You need to understand what fits in what, what's the most efficient, you know, yeah. method for these. And that that's when it then starts becoming a little bit more specialist. Yeah. Likewise, on the wide format side and some of the display graphics, a lot of the time we're not being given a spec. We're designing that spec. Mm. So so within within that, some of the knowledge. Uh, we do need experienced people in 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 those to to pick up those specifications and be able to consult with the clients um you know maybe talk through a, a few different options and so so we we still require um dedicated estimators yeah um, and um, uh, for those for those projects and it, it sounds like in them other scenarios like for direct mail and wide form like say you're developing the product so you, you, you need somebody who understands the, yeah. the capabilities the production capabilities to, to create that product to then be able to then start, start saying well what would this cost exactly yeah. exactly right and it's been able to advise on materials you know and it's wool vinyls well you need to understand what type of wall it's going on because not all yeah. vinyls are the same and are going to have the same properties mm. so there's quite a lot of specialist knowledge um within those products now uh, this is also a you know part of a system setup and it's always the trade-off between mm. flexibility and standardization yeah. To say well, you can have highly standardised products with, you know, but, but with, with limited flexibility, and it's very difficult to get that right balance. Yeah. I think what one of the other things that we find as well is we're not necessarily, I wouldn't say like we're not hugely commoditized in in, in the products that we're selling. So yeah. a lot of the stuff isn't priced. You know, we do have certain contracts, we do have certain work styles that are price listed clearly that goes through the you know the customer service teams yeah. and that one such estimating but actually you know that it, it's uh, we require 
you know that, that there's a certain amount of commercial acumen that's needed to to to, to look at the you know the pricing strategy and um, what the product type is what the market is what what the pricing's been previously and especially yeah. you know in the inflationary times that we're in at the moment it's sort of quite crucial to make sure that we've got people not yeah. passing on what the cost was x mm. you know x number of months ago and so you know some of the things that we've um we've, we've gone through over the sort of the last 12 and 18 months as well um you know we've we've wanted a little bit more commercial oversight um yeah on the pricing that we're putting into the market as well. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah no, I can understand that. I can understand that. So yeah, it sounds like some similar experiences there as well. But and and you know, like I say, but you both still have estimators. But you, you, in both businesses, you've kind of broadened that out to 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 more people estimating within the, the team as well, which 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 is, is is interesting to hear. How far do you think that could go? Like like for example, in your in your businesses. Do does that go all the way down to, to, to sales? Do their own estimating, or do you have customers doing their own pricing? How far do you how far do you think you can take that, or do you take that? You won't get this on the podcast, but I can see these two guys, and there's some big big smiles and raised eyebrows. I don't I don't think we'll have sales involved in estimating. Um, okay. I mean they they are involved in in terms of um you know we we've, we've got a process in place where we we. We price to our our ratios, so we we basically put our customers in, into uh, into a market which allows the, the original price to go out where we where we think. And, and obviously, as as Chris was saying, you know we profile and we we look at historical uh, yeah. pricing. But the marketplace uh, at the end of the day dictates the price mm. along with capacity. So mm. you know each day is or not each day really, but each week is is different. You know, so you have to have some fluidity to to your pricing, which you know, it's a benefit for some customers, but I think that's something that unless you're involved in, you know, the overall operations of the business, you, you, yeah. you've not got that snapshot. But what the, what sales can do is they can they can refer, you know, they can task customers off um, and, and they can, you know, it can be reviewed and, and, and tweaked and looked at. But in terms of actually going in and generating them, I, I'm not really sure that's something that we would do. In terms of customers, yeah, absolutely. And if you're in that marketplace, and it's very, very common now, you know, to be able mm. to go online and there are certain platforms where you're getting a price back literally w- within a, a nanosecond. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, that that's not right for us uh, where, where we're at at the minute. But, mm. uh, you know, the more customers can, because estimating, it, it, I always say that it, it is a resource, a cost resource in your business. So for mm. every estimate you do, it costs the business money yeah Yeah. what that money is depends on your business but let's say it costs 25 pounds yeah and you've got you know you're doing 40 50 estimates a day and your conversion rate is 10 percent yeah that's a lot of revenue going out out of your business so you you need to make sure that you know you're covering that cost and your conversion rate is is where it needs to be but you know in in terms of you know customers wanting to I don't know, spec something. Yeah. So they've not actually got a live job to place, mm. but they just want a rough budget. You know, one of the questions our estimator was customer service team will always ask is, you know, is it a live job? When's it happening? You know, help help us understand the, the process here. Is mm. it just for budgetary purposes? Yes. Okay, yeah. fine. You know, oh no, this is a job and it needs to, you know, we had one last Friday at about five o'clock, you know, can you can you quote this job and deliver it tomorrow? Sort of mm. thing you know so yeah that it's all it's all that it was all that information to hand but yeah i, I think customers 
having the ability to go on onto your website and, and, and punch out their own prices def- definitely valid but they they wouldn't be privy to the advantages of this is a live job and, and, it, and yeah. it's ready to place yeah yeah what about for you chris what, from well no, I, t- I agree with what matt's saying there in terms yeah. of you know in terms of the online pricing i think it, it sits it suits a, a profile of customer um, mm. you know that, that that are involved in kind of very standardized products and and you know that suits their behavior so I, yeah. I, I think it's totally valid and you know it's things that we're investigating um actively at the moment um yeah. uh, for, for certain customers because like matt said it's it, it is a resource it doesn't matter yeah. who's doing it in the business there's somebody doing it and having to return yeah. it in terms of how our sales team um yeah. are, are involved that they they have involvement on the pricing so you know that yeah. we, we work within parameters, um, mm. and we, and we have our metrics that we're that, that we're pricing within. We use um, sell bands and segment yeah. our customers based on that, and then we've mm-hmm. got certain parameters, you know, minimum levels and and and, and so forth. Um, but we do take we take feedback. We want our sales team to be close to our customers, and mm. and we want them to you know to be to be able to give that intel, and 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 we need to be able to feed that back into our system. Yeah. Um. Um. Immediately. So so that you know from from a pricing point of view, that that they are involved in 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 giving that feedback. You know, we 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 do have that there are certain things that the sales team will be estimating and returning, so it doesn't go through, um, um through the back end. But yeah, I think uh, giving giving sales giving the sales team carte blanche to um to to estimate and and, and price uh, has its own risks. <laughs> and I, I asked that question on purpose because it, it is one of them that that does you know some businesses are, are, are absolutely yeah the sales make sense for them to be estimated they want that opportunity but for other businesses it just just perhaps doesn't doesn't work. Andy, what 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 do you find when you're working with with print and converters? Well, well, actually, I was just going to ask another question, just yeah, for you guys, on, just based on what you said. Clearly, there's there's a, there's a real strategy around your estimated, and there's a lot of resource that goes into it. And you know, some might say, well, you you kind of live and die by your estimating. Mm. I just touched on it with with Matt. He talked about a conversion ratio. Do you do you do much analysis on you know what you win and what you obviously you know what you're winning because you're booking them into jobs, but there's going to be a sort of a range of estimates that you've done out there. Do do you get into the detail of or try and find out what, why you've not won them and what sort of level of analysis do you do around that? Yeah, feedback is, is absolutely key for yeah. sales. You know, if, I mean, there are some relationships you have um, with some some potential customers where, you know, it's put the price in and you'll never hear mm. again unless you've mm. been it. Um, but there are, there are others that will, will work with you and give you feedback. And if they value you as a supplier, then, mm. you know, they will want to give you that feedback because, they may want to work genuinely work with you, but you know the big obstacle are the commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a couple of things. I mean, for me, um, lost on you know we we would tag all the estimates in an yeah. ideal world. Not saying it happens on everything, but lost. So we've got some reference fields for the salesperson to fill in. So lost on price yeah. um, is, is a key one. One of the other ones is um, which I find useful is that they've not actually got the job to place. So you might have some customers that are, um, you know, middlemen, print management companies, um, and you know, you put your best foot forward, you put in a really, really good price. Yeah. You don't win that. You don't win that job. You think, how did we not win that job? And then when you actually speak to, you know, your customer or our customer, um, oh, we didn't win that job. Ah, right. right. Okay. So, so actually, that you know, they're not the end end. Yeah. So, so it is all about that profile. Yeah. And and then when you're, 
ultimately when you revisit that you think well you know how many people are actually in the chain in this you know how far yeah. down are we so it, it does help you then you know when, when it comes around again and, yeah. and equally you, you don't want to be just an estimating resource for, mm. for people because I say there is a cost attached to them mm. and ulti- ultimately you know your estimator is part of your sales team yeah. although in most printing companies you know they're at loggerheads because sales seem to think that they're they're almost in in the way of them winning the winning the job ultimately they are part of the sales team and, and their mm. job is to win sales not just produce estimates and mm. you know, KPIs of how many estimates you have to do a day mm. are great mm. but how many estimates you know if you could get if you could convert and get your your sales figure by doing three estimates a day great you know if you've got to do 200 estimates a day and still failing then mm. you know which is the right metric there you know it's yeah. definitely on what you what you've converted yeah so you know the feedback is 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 key and like i say in an ideal world we get it on everything we don't get it on everything but we you know we want to we if we're estimating for someone we're not doing it just for a laugh you know we're doing it because we actually genuinely want to win that work so mm. um we've already done the due diligence on the, on the client we've checked their credit rating and we checked that you know there is a relationship there so ultimately yeah we want to know mm. constructively why yeah. we didn't win win that job mm. yeah mm. yeah good about the yeah. well, so similar in terms of the, look, yeah. looking at the data i mean we we we, we slice it up and, and look at multiple dimensions you know what type of product it is you know what uh, what what the customer market is you know what what's the production method is it going through life or is it going through digital um you know and, and, and some of that some of that might be also informing some investment decisions to, to yeah. say you know if, if we're having to outsource work and yeah. we, we, we see there's very low uh, conversions in in certain areas you know we're discussing and um, you know discussing things at the moment regarding areas where we're seeing low conversion and, and, and mm. product types where we're seeing low conversion so i think that's absolutely crucial because if, if you're not you, you know it, it's looking at the signal and the noise isn't it so you know if, if, if you're looking at your overall conversion rate mm. but actually that's that's being you know that 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 that's been really uh, influenced by a certain factor. You want to drill into that factor, not just take an overall view and you know a, a, a knee-jerk view on that. And um, like Matt said, you know we 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 don't get it all the time, but we 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 really want the feedback. We've got yeah. it you know integrated into a CRM system as well, yeah. um, in in HubSpot. Um, yeah. which will run a lot of, you know, we, we, we can run a lot of reports and get a lot of intel on, on the customers. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it also, you know, helps build up that pipeline and, mm. and, and give a bit of visibility of what's coming, what's coming or what isn't coming down the tracks. Yeah. So I think, I think what I'm hearing from both of you there is the, is, is a really good question, Andy, is, is the importance of, of, of analyzing yeah. your, your conversion and not just what you've won, but what you've lost. And, it sounds like by doing that, that's helping both your businesses to kind of fine tune and, and, and progress as well. So that's is really encouraging to, to hear. So what what are the, the challenges that you're you're faced with in, in today's world when it comes to to, to estimating? I, I, I think I picked up on one that you mentioned, Matt, was was like a a, a time in, in terms of response time i'm guessing you were, you were referring to but what what sort of what what, what challenges are you facing and, and how, how do you overcome them are the challenges that you can't overcome i think the response oh. time is 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 absolutely critical um yeah. uh, on, on, a, on a day-to-day level but as i said you, if that's your only metric then 
you know, it's not a wise one. So it's yeah. making sure that response time and the prices going out are, um, you know, are, are where they need to be, you know, competitive, yeah. you know, and competitive aligned to the marketplace, which is mm. over the last 18 months. I mean, it's a crazy marketplace anyway, um, yeah. print, but, you know, it's, it's, yeah, where, where, where do you, where do you sit your commercials at, you know, at the minute to be competitive? So that's where the feedback comes back in to, to help mm. you do that. But yeah, getting, getting the response time, live inquiries, you know, um, this is a live inquiry and we need a price and we need it now, uh, as opposed to, you know, these are for budgetary purchases. I, I need these next week. So yeah. you, you need a way of, of filtering them and managing the, your estimate pipeline effectively to make sure yeah. that you're putting that, that resource in understanding the, the client as well when when you're mm-hmm. doing estimate uh, that that's sometimes quite difficult because the estimator is some is sat in an office and, and literally just you know gets an email or is tasked something and, and starts so we really try to get the estimator and the the, the, the salesperson to talk about the project and about yeah. you know for example is this a one-off it, does this repeat is it a quarterly is it what, what, what you know what yeah. is the job so yeah so that's that that's really important and and a big part of it is is your supply chain because you know you, you in an ideal world yeah everything is done internally um mm. but it, you know we're not like that in print are we we're a, we're a kind of a funny industry so we have to outsource a lot of what we do um so if your estimators sometimes are sending an estimate effectively to an outworker who's doing an estimate and is sending it back and that's where you know your time can you, you're then relying on somebody else mm. Mm. So we we try to be proactive and work up as as many sort of price matrix uh, agreements with with outworkers so we can tap into that immediately um, to get a price back to the to the customer so we're not waiting on on outworkers. Mm. Same mm. with transport, you know everybody. I remember back in the day everything was X works. Nobody wanted transport costs. Now everyone does. So sometimes you've got you know quite a complex you know uh, project just on the transport. You know you're stitching together. You know, it could be a big DPD. It could be going out on like 60 or 70 different pallets. It could be going to 100 different destinations. Uh, it might need packing before it goes there. And again, once that once that goes out your business, you know, you're, A, you're relying on someone coming back to you as quickly as possible, but B, that those prices that they're, they're coming back with are as competitive. Yeah. So I think, we, you know, we really, really mustn't underestimate the, the supply chain, the outwork side of, of yeah. your estimating and how... You need good relationships, and equally, the questions we're asking our customers, they're asking us. So, you know, is this a live job? You know, when's it happening? Because everybody's got a certain amount of capacity, and they either have capacity or don't have capacity, depending on what the time of year is. And yeah. people are looking to maximise that with with their pricing. So, I think that they're they're the main ones for us. The response time, making sure that the the quote that goes back is commercially viable and that your supply chain is there to support you in sending that project ultimately mm. to your customer and, and, and help you win that work and buy that, you know, win the work themselves. Yeah, yeah. Chris, what about you? I think, I guess, when we look at the challenges, I think estimating is arguably one of the riskiest areas um, mm. in, in, in the business. Um, production efficiencies start at estimating. Um, so if there's if there's an, an issue in the estimate, if there's a mistake in the estimate or it's not mm-hmm. optimised, yeah. that will just snowball um, and, and, and that will compound. So, uh, you know, making sure that the right 
accuracy, the right levels, the right the, the right checks is absolutely critical, um, because there's going to be yeah big issues if 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 there isn't. I think the challenges that we've found is, um, and we, I think we touched on it in terms of looking at the um, experience estimators in the market, but it, it, it's looking at people that have got the experience or the expertise across all the areas of, of our business. And, yeah. and, and we found that very difficult. You know, we'll, we'll have mm-hmm. people that are, are very experienced and very good in certain areas, um, but they're not as strong in, in, in others. And and so you know we've we've developed our uh, you know everything goes or well, I say everything the, the majority of work goes through our RFQ system but that's right. then distributed to teams because we might have a, a customer might come to us with a campaign and that's touching multiple areas of the business um, mm. and and we need to make sure that we that the right people are at, um, are at each stage because you know we could be quoting a large campaign. And we're competitive on the vast majority of it. But if somebody that doesn't know the intricacies of a fulfillment or, you know, a pick and pack element of it make, makes a mistake there, we've lost the whole campaign. Yeah. Um, you know, and and and, yeah. and and so that that's a risk. So it's making sure that when we have those complicated campaigns that are coming in, that we're able to divert them. And it might be going to multiple people that, that you know, that, that have the expertise in the right area. So I think one of the challenges is how um, he, he's getting that breadth of experience um, across all, all those different sectors, which is challenging. Yeah. And so and, and you mentioned there as well, like you use an RFQ system, like a request for quote system yeah. and, and everything kind of channels through that. Uh, so are you finding because pre, pre that you, you talked about the importance of, of almost accuracy of estimating? Yeah. So are you finding that that RFQ method and system that you're using, is that helping you to gather the, to, to uh, capture uh, the right information? Yeah. yeah so that you can so, create the right estimate or, or that is part of the challenge, and certainly there's certain areas where there's frustration that the right information isn't provided. And what mm. we've tried to do is either give checklists or forms to um, to, to, to to enter that information. But the mm. reality is, is that going to be is that going to be used if you've got a you know a, a sales rep that's on the road? Yeah. Um, mm. We want to get that inquiry into the system very quickly. So so mm. what we've what we've developed is, is is something that's tagged through email. So the email requests can come through and depending on the address that they go to um will define what team or what groups will 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 pick yeah. those up okay so from kind of a, a speed of getting in into the system it works well there is always the challenge of right you know is there missing information in there yeah. um so uh, but the, but that that that's kind of a step that we handle through um, through forms and checks but getting everything through the rfq yeah. system uh, you know is crucial for us because you can immediately see you know the 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 capacity you know mm. have we got inquiries coming in that are backed up or you know or, or do we have a lot of capacity yeah. and also you know from that that speed and that turnaround time we can track what what time things are coming into the system what things are, are going out yeah um, and, and and look at measuring things that way as well okay yeah very good very good and so um you talked about the challenge of finding estimators as well um then so you know experience estimators how would you overcome that or have you not been able to overcome it is that is that just an ongoing challenge i mean for for us we've been we've been quite fortunate we've um 
we, we, we've had a, an experienced estimator that joined the business a few years ago mm. um, uh, when we had that requirement um, who, who, who's been excellent um, and, and, and has got you know yeah, really good really good experience and we've actually just moved somebody that had a history uh, you know previously had um, uh, estimating knowledge that was working in our customer service team which is fantastic because you know she has all the knowledge of, mm. of, of you know customer requirements has that you know real real close customer connection with all of the uh, technical aspects of estimating as well so um so that's working out really well um as, as, as well but it, it was a challenge um yeah. when when we were um engaged um looking outside for estimators uh, getting those skills um mm. it, it was a it was a bit of a challenge um that mm. we found but i think we've been lucky in the last um uh, two positions that we've filled Good, good. So, it's, it's, and it sounds like you 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 kind of developing staff internally, kind of recognizing skills and attributes, and then kind of saying, right, well, let's develop them further to 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 put them in that role. Is that right? That that that, that is. And actually, going on to that point, I think estimating if 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 there are young people apprentices, if there are people coming into the business, mm. estimating is a fantastic place for them to start. Mm. Um, because it will really give them a knowledge of, of of understanding how the print works, how the products are put together. Mm. So, so you know, I, I think that is a you know spending that time in the in, in the estimating yeah. um, department certainly is part of their journey, and uh, that 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 is a, a a great a great footing to start out on. Yeah. What about for you, Matt? What for for Elmi? Yeah. We're 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 very lucky. We've got. Um, a great team that have, have just got that skill set where they can move from estimating back in, into customer service. We, you know, we've recently yeah. uh, taken somebody on in customer service who we're introducing to estimating, and mm. um, it's it's just it's a journey, really. You know, you just start off with certain product types and certain customers or profiles, and they just get used to. I mean, and the, the beauty is they know to ask them because they're, they're booking the jobs in. And mm. in start, you know, in Tharston, the estimate is the job. So, you know, if you, you make any changes to the job, you mm. go always go into the estimate. So they know how to get around the interface, so to speak. Mm. But then it's just then, you know, changing if the customer says, Oh, you know, I want I want to change the text and, and all that. So it's it's just through through that experience. And um, yeah. I, I've seen people that have sort of started off from scratch in estimating and have worked through, but equally mm. I've seen people that have gone through the journey in manufacturing uh. and have, have then come into the office and then mm. gone into estimating. So, mm. so it's all no right or wrong way. The people that come off the factory floor tend to have the product experience, mm. but sometimes lack the, you know, the ability to use the application. So yeah. Uh. Yeah. I think like with all teams, like I said earlier on, you end up with that balance of, of someone who, who's been there, seen it, done mm. it, and understands that you can't, you know, why is Tharston not allowing me to put this particular signature together on a sheet? Yeah. You know, the you know, computer says no. Well, that's because, you know, this, that and the other. And then mm. so, yeah, I think if you had a team full of people that understood the mechanics of it and but didn't understand the commercials, that would be a problem. And I think uh, likewise, if you had uh, everyone that understood yeah. the commercials uh, and didn't understand the mechanics. So, so it, we're, it, we're, we're lucky on. here. We've got a, we've got a good team that. Um, all in in an open plan office and, and all bounce ideas off each other and um, yeah so so we're, we're blessed here. 
If, if they're listening, hopefully they'll appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> they'll be saving that for the, uh, the, the, the annual review, won't they? Um, so, so, yeah, it sounds, yeah. I mean, one, one thing I'm quite heartened by, I think, I, I guess, is uh, one of the things I was perhaps expecting to come up as a challenge was was knowing that you're pricing, you know, like the, the confidence in the price that you're putting out there. But I guess that's maybe not come up because it sounds like the, the, the you know, the, the analysis that you do, the people that you've got in place, the technology that you've got in place and, and, and the, the relationships you've got with your, your sales and your customers. Mm-hmm. Is, is that is that why that's, you know, all contributing to being able to put pricing out there confidently? Yeah, it's understanding, you know, of. I've had a, a great relationship with, with salespeople over the years and mm. uh, in different roles. And I've always said, you know, who are we who are we estimating for? Understand the customer. Give us that mm. information and, and we will with you know we'll confidently win you that job. Um, mm. don't give us that information and it, it's hit and miss, yeah. Because we, mm. we, we don't know who that is. So I think that that's something that you really do need to nail down. You need to know who is this customer. You know, one of the things I always do is I just I'll just go online and just look them up, just look yeah. up at their website. Okay, so I can see I can see where these need to be. So we've yeah. we've got different different price um, pricing ratios, so we've got different profiles that we put clients in, yeah. and obviously uh, if the job is spec on GF Smith with uh, embossing and foil and, and all that, it, it's going to go into the into the creative sector because yeah. it's it needs a high AV um, yeah. if it's you know, a, a, a magazine for a, a local publisher that, that publishes, you know, two or three times a year, it's going to go in the opposite um, yeah. sector. Yeah. So, yeah, our estimate is definitely feel confident with the pricing going out. Some customers will give you give you a steer at the front. Yeah. They'll say, look, this okay. is kind of where we need to be. Mm. And then we'll look at that. And sometimes we'll say, look, with the greatest respect in the world, we yeah. are not going to get, we're not going to get near yeah. that price. But, mm. you know, we'll have a look at something else. So, you know, you get all different sorts of scenarios, really. Um, but yeah, the pricing going out—you've you, got to be in control of that. It goes right back yeah. to what we said at the beginning: why we would never let sales do it. You mm. need to have mm. a much more balanced overview approach to your to your commercials. And sometimes you still, you know, you put a price in. You go right, we, you know, we, that's great, and you mm. don't win it. But what you don't realise is that potentially that price that you put in. If you've not got the relationship with that customer, they, they've gone to their current supplier and said, "Look, I've just had a new price here from another printer." But they, yeah. you need to match that. So sometimes, mm. even though you put the best price in, you don't win the job. Yeah, and yeah. that's, that's yeah. sales. That yeah. that goes back to the relationship, and that's why a sales, some somebody in sales needs to know what they're bringing into the business, and and understand that that journey and that process. And if they don't, it's not going to end well. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, some great advice there, Chris. What about what about for you? On that final point, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it it is absolutely crucial to be close to the customer, to be able to get that feedback, you know, to to be regularly, you know, reviewing what what, what we're putting out and, and, you know, how we're faring and and, and getting that intel back in um, uh, to the commercial team. Um, as well, I think in terms of you know in terms of the system, you, you need to be comfortable in terms of the in terms of the pricing. We we flex between you know between certain levels, and it will yeah. have a a, a different um, you know for a di- for a different number of factors. It could be capacity. It could be, you know the, the the various reasons why yeah. why we make flex. 
Um, but but again, I think the pricing's you know the pricing's established and and you know we can't we kind of know where we need to be mm. um, and, and, and or, or where it needs to where it needs to move one way or another. And I think yeah, that's it. it it's all part of the system setup. Yeah, yeah. Just Ross, just, just whilst we're on that, just gonna yeah. just gonna test out some of the things that we go through on demos here. This is uh, this is this is just a, a question for these two. When we um, bit nerdy and estimating really. When we um, often when we show uh, clients and potential clients, um, when it comes to pricing negotiation, there's quite a nice little tool in Tharston that like the value added chart where you can go in and if the customer says, oh well, yeah, uh, I see we've got a price for that, but we've got a alternative prices somewhere else. Do you use that in Tharston just out of interest, just to yeah. give you that kind of what if scenario? That value added graph is basically burned into my eyeballs, right? Because I've been looking at it for <laughs> 20 odd years. Yeah. Right. It's brilliant. I, I, I remember when you first showed us that, that was exactly what we wanted because, right. you know, uh, there was a time when you were putting a price out and you just didn't know what that price was, you know, and mm-hmm. now, it's you know if you're looking at the if you're looking at the value added um as your sort of metric i mean now a lot of companies ourselves we're, we're looking at contribution you know so you're looking mm-hmm. at you, you know back in the day you're looking at net profit but you yeah. know they kind of you know we are where we are now um so yeah that that value added chart is is brilliant and and you know with the performance ratios tied into it as mm-hmm. well where you know your estimator actually has these arrows pointing at where they should be and it's like mm. I always say, it's like a cockpit of flying a plane. You know, you're looking at your airspeed, your altitude, and all that. You're looking at your contribution, your AV, your AV per hour, yeah. um, and other stuff that you could look at there as well. So yeah, that is an, an amazing tool, and it's um, it, it's made understanding the, the commercials of your job and making a decision. Uh, you know, that my my old boss at EPC, Matt Trouse, I remember him saying to you guys but for the brief mm. you know when i discount the job i want to know what damage it's doing to me yeah yeah, yeah. and that was yeah. i remember that yeah. Mm. yeah yeah and you said that you said we, we, we can do that and you showed us the, the av graph and, <laughs> yeah <laughs> at minus 50 percent there you go <laughs> you decision. Yeah. <laughs> oh no that's great matt yeah i'll yeah. carry on showing that then yeah about you chris they're all yeah incredibly useful i mean we use the the va as as a floor and we also then will monitor the contribution and we we, you know and 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 look at net profit i think when we're building up a picture over the month va is what we use and Mm. obviously the contribution net profit is going to be quite theoretical depending on utilization how Mm. much is going through the factory whereas your va should be the reality of what Of what's building up through the month yeah. um but yeah no that's that, that that's actively used we w- within the context of markups to look at you know where that floor level and that yeah. this is this is not you know this is where we walk yeah. away yeah brilliant that's it it's a good point andy a good point <laughs> i know it's not all about Tarston, but, I couldn't no, but you, you, you can you can come again there, uh, is so, risk, there is a risk they might have said no it's a load of rubbish that we never, we never <laughs> the like, there was a risk involved but it was i was confident in the oh, so that, that bit will make yeah. the edit then yeah we, we don't have to put anything down. that's great uh, yeah so i think you know you're both doing uh some really good insight there uh so thank you very much and some great advice as well i think that you've, you've kind of parted part with as well for for businesses in, in maybe challenging with estimating um uh in 
it, it, I think it's a really good example of, of what we're talking about, about being, being bionic. It, it, it's about the, the, the processes and the technology and the culture and people, isn't it? That by combining all of them things together, that that's, that's how you can, you can estimate and price confidently and, and, and get over some of the challenges that, that, that come with estimating. So, so yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. So that's it for today. Uh, today's episode of the Inspire podcast. A big thank you to, uh, to Matt and to Chris and also to Andy for joining me today. It was really great to chat to you all about estimating. Um, so thanks for listening and uh, please join us again for the next episode. You've been listening to the Inkspire podcast from Tharstern. If you have any questions about today's show or you're interested in being a guest, head over to our website and let us know. And don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Until then, thanks for listening.